Hi, everybody. Welcome to No Story is Sacred. If you've never listened before, basically we're four siblings who grew up talking about the art of storytelling. Now that we're adults, we're still talking about it, and we're inviting you to join the conversation. I'm Kat, and occasionally I cosplay as a real author. I'm Brendan, and I am a shenanigineer. <laughs> I got you to say <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Nothing. You think... Do you think it actually should be shenanigans or should it be shenanigans? Now I can't say. Since shenanigan is a hard G. Yep. But shenanigans is a soft G and it's like, it feels weird. Yeah, but it's shenanigans. I think we can all agree with that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Command just shenanigans. <laughs> we Get need more tra- power to the nacelles. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, now we know what Scotty's doctorate was in. Master's. Shin engineering, yeah. Sorry, it's uh, a master's. He's an engineer. He uh, a doctorate in shin engineering. But there that's if go. he's going to go on to teach shin engineering. Um. <laughs> no, no, he has an, it's an honorary he doctorate. Oh, okay. From, from, from Shenanigan University. Shenanigan U. No, he's got an honorary doctorate in goofs. I am going to pistol whip the next person who says shenanigans. <laughs> the true Star Trek way. Anyway, uh, I'm Pippin. Uh, okay. And I feel like that's all I have to say about it. Um, Do you want to try again? I'm Pippin. And I don't write. I just help others achieve their true writing greatness. So all of Kat's victories are mine. Wait a second. <laughs> I'm not the one with editors who are actively asking for my books, Pippin! I'm not the one who's got stuff out on submission waiting to be sold. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, it's your turn. <laughs> I'm Alex, and I say that I'm a writer, or which we all know what that means. It means that you are. If you write, if you feel it, you are. You may not be professional, because you haven't (laughs) sold anything, but you are a writer. You know, here's the thing, like, uh, just as a little tangent before we dive into this, uh, I remember one thing that uh, a professor of mine, uh, Jesse Shell, told us once in game design class, which I guess makes me sound a little bit pretentious, but whatever, I'm rolling with it, (laughs) uh, was that at the end of the class, it's like... Uh, you kind of had us all sit there, and it's like, okay, I know you probably don't feel like game designers, but I want you to imagine that you have just been given this ring. Now put that ring on. Mm. Congratulations, you are now all game designers. Aww. <laughs> Aww. That's really cute. I love You're that. Kind of bestowing like- the, the title to yourself. <laughs> but also giving a tangible, like... You know, there is no official, like, congratulations, you did it. I mean, possibly people who, who get MFAs try to tell you that, but that's not true. Um, nah. uh, uh, there is no official, like, congratulations, you are. And I mean, the downside to that is that there are several people who are published, who are award winning, who, you know, uh, rock back and forth in their closets on a daily basis, wondering to themselves, but wait, am I a real author? <laughs> One day they'll all find out that I'm a sham. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that's the truth, Pippin. We're all shams. We're all shams here. Wait, wait, wait. wait. If we're all in the simulation. Uh Uh-oh. Does that mean we're actually, anyone is actually, is ever actually a writer? Yeah. We're all writers. Wait, if if I'm a sham, (laughs) if I'm a sham and you're a sham, then who's driving the car? (laughs) (laughs) The gay cousin is. So- ah, fair enough. Right. So continue. <laughs> Wait a second. They're gay. They can't drive. Anyway. <laughs> what are we talking about today? No, we're not done actually introducing ourselves, are we? Yeah. Oh, we are? Yeah, that was awesome. Oh, fuck. Okay, okay, okay. You were, you were the top. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. Today, we're talking about a story of my devising. Unfortunately. If you want specific content warnings, uh, check out the show notes on nostoryissacred.com. However, I can say that we're going to be saying the word shenanigans way too many times. Um, indeed, we already have. Indeed. So really, I mean, if you thought you were done with it, you are not. And in addition, uh, the, the story that we're going to be talking about is a, a historical romance of a uh, 
well, uh, of a risque nature. Ooh. So, the exact sort of thing you want to talk to your siblings about. I mean, my I don't God. think we'll go into those kind of details. No, I mean, this we're, we're not. It is actually just plot. However, you know, aspects of the plot are an important part of the shenanigan. So, do you guys want to know what the, uh, what, what the, the basics is, are here? Sure. I, of course, read your supporting documents before going in. Uh, you but the audience. Fucker. <laughs> the audience <laughs> needs to know. The okay. people have a right to know, Cat. They deserve uh, the truth. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. I've never seen that movie. Neither have I. I, have. I think uh, Al's, I think both Al and I have. Huh. Yeah. I've seen the clip. We've all seen the clip. Um, I mean, I only recently saw the clip, so. Wow. Um, All right. So as I put in the supporting fucking documents, Pippin. I've got it open. Wow. The TLDR of this, okay, is that I need a shenanigan, which I will define shortly, uh, that allows me to go from new opening chapters that I have written for this book to the old completed draft without rewriting the entire fucking thing. Mm. Now, I, I wrote new opening chapters because I wanted to change the personality of my main character, uh, a main dude character, rather, uh, to be less of a downer. And I wanted to change some plot things later on. So I wanted to, so of course, to do that, I had to uh, foreshadow in the earlier chapters. In doing so, though, I kind of fucked up the rest of my book. Whoops. What? And I Happens more often than you think. Yeah, but yeah. see, the thing is, my completed manuscript is upwards of 98k, so I really don't want to have to rewrite the entire thing. I think I can solve this all with just a revised shenanigan. And, Let me, and we're going to dive into that. So, uh, many romances or ro- relationship-focused uh, stories of the fun variety that I happen to like <laughs> have some sort of shenanigan type of ridiculousness uh, that requires that the two main characters spend time in proximity to one another. That's how you can get, you know, these two crazy kids falling in love, even though they've only been together for like two weeks. Okay? Mm. Uh, like, uh, this is an expansion on the meet-cute. The meet-cute's how they meet, but how do they stay together? That's the shenanigan. Um, for instance, you can think of uh, fuck or die scenarios. Really great. Woo! Or the you must marry before your 21st birthday or else you will lose your inheritance. <laughs> it happens more often than you think. Indeed. It's true. I mean, so it's it, it's usually extremely silly, uh, but the reader applies their, we've talked about this before, believability budget uh, and kind of lets it go. The believability budget being like, you know, you get, you get, so much bullshit that the reader will let you get away with. Um, uh, what was the shenanigan in uh, in that Ryan Reynolds one that's in like Alaska? Oh, or, the shenanigan oh, oh, proposal. Uh, in the yeah. proposal, uh, she needed to have, uh, she was Canadian and she needed an American. It's an immigration thing. Yeah, so it was a green card thing. But the reason that uh, they have to spend time together is that uh, in order to make it look good, it has to make sense, right? They have to actually spend time together. And for months now, uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds has had planned a trip to his family in where the fuck he lives, Alaska or something. And it would make no sense if his fiance of many months before she found out that she had a green card problem was not going. Uh, so naturally, they have to go and spend time together with his family. Yeah, I should yeah. rewatch the proposal. It's so good. I mean, it's garbage, but it's great. Well, yeah. But you're not making garbage here. <laughs> no, no. Mine's genius. So generally, for a really silly premise like that, uh, you have your characters act logically from that point on, and that's where the reader can settle in and, and trust the rest of the story. So you get the ridiculous moment, and then provided everybody else acts normally within the bounds of that stupidness, then then the reader's like, cool, I'm in. Um, in science fiction, it's like, by the way, we have faster than light. And everyone's like, we do? Yep, we absolutely do. Okay, then. I remember watching an episode of uh, um, Actually, where someone, I, I think it was Brian D. Mulligan. Brendan D. Mulligan. Brennan. Brennan. God damn it. Uh, listen. All Brendans know each other's names and variants thereof. 
And we also know when other Brendans are fated to die. Yes, we, <laughs> this is known. You weren't supposed to tell only us. One. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was talking about something similar in improv, where people will like question. People will have the ability to question like one thing, two at tops. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so. So Uh-oh. he used the example, shh, let me finish my side. <laughs> he used the example of, uh, like science fiction Star Trek. He's like, well, how does that ship power? Uh, and it's like, dilithium crystals. We're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> However, I was like, the, uh, the improviser has entered the chat. Yes. Well, uh, <laughs> you kind of delve more into this, uh, in long form style where like, you basically find like the one weird thing and you just stick to that. You don't want to keep on throwing weird stuff at the audience because then they just get confused and the scene is just going to, it's going to end up being garbage. It's also why you typically get the, the goofy person who's sticking to this new weird reality of like, Oh, I'm wearing pieces of toast as shoes. What else is true about this world? Now that toast is, is footwear. The soles are made of butter because the toast Ex- always lands butter side down. Of course. See, it makes sense, Pippin. You get it. <laughs> and you might have like one person who kind of acts as the audience surrogate going like, wait, what? You're wearing toasts? So shoes? everyone goes around uh, as if they're re- wearing Heelys because they're so slick because of the Hell, butter. Yeah. Uh, See, yeah, I- yeah, it makes sense. I will point out two things. One thing is that this doesn't quite work with, uh, I-, I don't think, with Middleditch and shorts, if you consider the alien one. Uh, and law school. Well, which to be fair, they knew that one was going to go off the rails. Uh, yes. however, however, uh, in general, I agree. And what you're also describing in terms of the weird one and the audience stand in is, of course, the classic double act, which yeah. is, uh, which works in live comedy, stand up comedy, and in humor writing. Uh, mm-hmm. or just like in any kind of situation where you're trying to highlight a odd situation. Yeah. Which maybe this will come and be helpful in shenaniganing. <laughs> The shenanigan. Did you just say the shenanigan? What? What? Hmm? What? Anyway. Uh, yeah. Sorry. That's okay. okay. So, so for the listeners, what is the original shenanigan? How does it break? <laughs> yeah, maybe you want to explain the story. <laughs> what? How dare you? Okay. So, my book, and I'm so sorry, guys, for this title, Driven by Desire. <clears throat> no, a that's a great title. It, there's a car. <laughs> That's a great title. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fault you for that one. Thank you. I'll fault you for other shit, but not this. Did you write this after watching Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? I did not, but possibly after Fast and Furious. Um, the first time I watched the entire series, I'm like, oh wait, cars are hot. Wow. Listen. So this is a historical romance. It's set in uh, 1911, so the Edwardian period, right before uh, shit gets like gross with World War One. Um, because that's something I don't want to deal with. Uh, in my stupid romances. Fair. Not, yeah, I mean, not this one anyway. Fair. And in that, uh, our main characters are a, uh, w- a wealthy American, uh, son of a miner. You know, so, uh, gold rush dude out in- Okay, so, so gold mining, not, uh, other mining. <laughs> well, it became other mining. You know, if, if you really want me to get into the backstory, his dad, uh, claimed land during the big gold rush, uh, and then in the meantime, found gold, and then was like, you know what, while we're here, let's actually turn this into a reasonable business that's self-sustaining. What? What? Well, like, yeah. He sells molybdenum now. <laughs> uh, our wealthy American son, his name is Jack, uh. Of course. Of course. Come on now. Yeah. Uh, Let's not be silly here. He's an American that I get to give a cowboy accent. This is amazing. Uh, uh, stick it in me. I'm an American. <laughs> he is in line to get his dad's uh, mine in later life, obviously. And he is very interested in engineering and so forth. and has a lot of experience in it. But he also, his interest towards engineering is not necessarily aimed at mining, but rather at automobiles. What? There's some cross-play with that, like, you know, engines and all that. Indeed, indeed. Uh, so, part of rewriting the beginning of the story was to actually make his journey to England make more sense. Because, <laughs> of course, the rest of the story takes place in London. Of course. Naturally. When he was a youth. Youth. <laughs> a, Two uh, youths. 
Total it, that's indignity. <laughs> uh, an American heiress and her family came out to visit them um, to talk about maybe uh, coming up with, you know, business plans, as one does her dad uh, and and his dad. He and this girl uh, go tooling around the countryside uh, and have a summer fling. And many years later, he uh, has fond memories of this, but suddenly receives out of the blue an invitation from her to wed some random British lord. Uh, this is not unheard of. The British aristocracy would often wear, uh, wed American heiresses to shore up the uh, the family coffers. He, with his uh, feeling of youth, youthful uh, feelings and whatnot, was like, wait a second. This is opposite of what she said she wanted out of life and seems like bullshit. I should go and definitely attend this wedding and check to make sure she actually wants to marry this guy. I can solve this problem. Indeed. Uh, his best friend slash pseudo brother, um, Don, uh, is like, this is a stupid idea. <laughs> and Jack's like, I'm going to go by myself if you don't come. And Don's like, well, that's worse. So I guess I'm coming too. I always wanted to visit London, fish and chips, uh, <laughs> those fuzzy hats. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the thing is that Don is biracial. Uh, so he's like, it would be awfully nice to go and visit someplace that doesn't hate me automatically. You know, and, and have an experience. I want to be hated for who I am <laughs> as a person. Yeah. So he wants to have sort of an experience before he's concerned that he's going to end up running the mine for Jack. Which is, you know, not necessarily wrong. So he would like to have a chance to to go out and experience the world while he still has a chance. So uh, there the two of them are on the way to London. Jack is like, you know what? I'm not just going to ruin somebody's wedding. I One of the things that uh, is part of the summer romance was that he got to drive uh, one of the early versions of the Rolls-Royce uh, 4050 which was, at the time, the greatest car in the world. Please see my entire gushing from uh, the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang episode. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so he got to drive that. Uh, he sees another one on the way to, uh, on the White Star Line ship, on the way to London. And he's like, I'm going to try to find one and buy one and bring it back to Colorado. And Don's like, really? And Jack's like, yep, there's no problems with this plan. Uh, and so a lot of this is establishing the fact that he's, you know... A wealthy son. Idiot. Anyway, the girl in this story is the daughter of a, uh, of a lord who, uh, like a viscount, who had made rich via railway shares, as one does. He was also interested in engineering. Her mother was a chemist. Uh, he has died and her uncle, a wicked uncle, uh, has entered the scene. Uh, and her uncle's like, oh, dude, um, yeah, you thought that your dad loved you for yourself and, and was totally fine with the fact that you were kind of weird and, uh, wore men's clothing all the time. Turns out, no, he was super embarrassed and that's why he wants you to get married before he can give you any money from the inheritance. And so th- that's what the daughter's kind of contending with, where she's like, wait a second, my dad didn't approve and love me? And, and he's like, nope, real sad. Uh, so right off the bat is, is the uncle full of shit in this? Oh, absolutely. Um, his issue is that he does not have the acumen that his brother did, uh, for making money. And, uh, he, he has tried to do something similar and has lost it all. And is in fact has spent against the trust funds of both, uh, his son and his niece, our, our main character. Does she eventually find uh, a letter from her father where he talks about how much he loves her uh, and, and how, how proud he, he is how proud he is and how he wants her to marry because uh, he doesn't want her to be lonely actually it's even better in my opinion um don i mean you remember don sure sure don don's the one with the business knowledge mm-hmm. uh don and uh the wicked uncle's son harold end up hooking up and Harold's like, you know, because his dad's been pressuring him to marry his cousin, because this is England. And then if they marry, then that, you know, that might shore up the family funds or whatnot. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, says the author. <laughs> anyway, uh Don's like, so wait a minute, none of you have ever actually read the will? 
And Harold's like, no, the, my dad's the executor. Why would we read it? And Don's like, oh my god, I'm surrounded by morons. And, um. Very pretty morons? Very pretty morons, to be fair. Um, uh, so yeah, they pull out the, uh, the will and it turns out that, uh, nope, no, her dad left her stuff outright. Uh, so that she could continue her scientific whatever, whatever she wanted to do, because she thought he thought she was awesome. Uh, and so, in fact, all of her memories and how much he loved her and all that stuff has been confirmed, uh, because everything that her uncle told her was nonsense. You think a lawyer would have been all over that? Uh, I mean, you think, but uh, no. <laughs> Fair enough. Who am I to argue with the author? <laughs> Listen, man. The, the the uncle and the lawyer met privately, and then uh, the the uncle was the executor of the estate. So there you go. Pretty sure that's the way law works. I'm not sure it is, but I don't know enough to fight you about it. And that hence therein the delight of historical romances. So anyway, <laughs> so okay, so, so so here here we go. Can, can, Here's here, yeah. It's a me cute when somebody nearly runs the other one run over with a car. I tried that, to be fair. I did try that. It didn't quite work for me. The meat cute is where, in, in the original version, our, our wealthy American son is uh, bored out of his gourd and has decided to randomly try to find a job in London. This was stupid. It was, like, it, it makes no sense. I didn't like it. I mean, I, I liked it enough to write it, but it was a first <laughs> draft. And he ends up on uh, her doorstep because she is looking for a driver uh, and somebody to to sell the car to. Uh, the car was left to her outright. And she's like, great, my dad giving me another reminder of the fact that he thought that I was not feminine enough. Uh, whereas instead, this is really just her dad being like, hee hee, look, it's cool. You like cool things too. We were alike. Anyway, she wants to get rid of this car. She wants to sell it so that she can um, no longer have the reminder of her dad. And at the same time, uh, fund her various other scientific experiments, which make up the bulk of the romance, which we need not get into. By the way, it's vibrators. So, <laughs> um, welcome to 1911. So he shows up at her door and he's like, hi, I'm here to, uh, 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 be, you know, be your new driver. And she's like, great. I'd like you to actually, uh, exp- do this experiment with me because I'm a scientist. And in that version, he never reveals that he's a wealthy minor son. It comes up, comes up later so we can have a mistaken identity shenanigan, uh, in the, uh, uh, last third of the book. Always good. However, in this version, where he, uh, uh where Jack is like, I, I want to buy a car. So he looks in the paper to find a car. And in this case, he meets the wicked uncle first who is trying to sell the car out from under her because he needs money. Yep, yep. Harold, the cousin, uh, interrupts after the fact and is like, um, hey, if you really want to buy a car, please buy it from my cousin, who is the actual owner. Um, they're actually quite fond of each other, but do not want to marry for various reasons. <laughs> so he shows up at her door. He's not trying to hide the fact that he is a wealthy American. And she has to somehow mistake, you know, she can mistake him for a random volunteer for her experiments in the beginning. But naturally, I would think that he would come out with this and say, by the way, you fucked up. Uh, I'm here to try to buy your car. That's logic to me. The downside to that is if he says, by the way, I'm here to buy your car. I can't figure out how to then make him transition to being her servant for two weeks. Unfortunately, if I can't figure out how to make him her servant for two weeks, I have to rewrite about 85,000 words. Huh. Mm. So, so this is where the ancient engineering comes into play. Exactly. So, uh, mm-hmm. did he bring someone with him from America? He brought Dom. he brought Don with him. Alright. And the cousin is, is Harold. Alright. Yeah. Um, her name is Connie. Uh, Con, rather. There were oh. a lot of names going around. Uh, Sorry. I just wanted to make sure. You're, yeah. You can also uh, call them by their, their, their nom de plumes. Uh, wealthy American mining son, Don, <laughs> wicked uncle, cousin. Right, right. Right, right, right. What is, the original thing was a bet? <clears throat> yeah, so the original, the reason why he was going around, uh, uh, looking for a job 
was that uh, Jack and Don, uh, well, Don was real tired of him being fussy and decided to bet him that uh, he couldn't find a job and keep it for while they were in London. I Yeah, go on. So I just had a thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The original reason for our uh, Jack here to go to London was because a childhood friend of his was getting married, correct? No. In the original original, they were just here to have a good time. I mean, it, it made no sense. <laughs> in, in this revised yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. he's there because a childhood friend is getting married. Yes. I wonder if... At least, you know, as far as what he's told, I mean, what reality could be different than yeah. what you're told because, you know, you want <laughs> some people just want to be polite and let you down gently. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe he gets told by his childhood love here, who is getting married, mm-hmm. that he, he uh, never really worked a day in his life. He is just a, uh, ditzy American boy. Lord Raincastle here is. <laughs> Sophisticated. He runs this uh, entire mining, uh, my, uh, this entire XYZ company. Mm-hmm. He's a lord. He's a duke, you know. There are very few of those in England. <laughs> there are very few. And then maybe that plants the seed in Jack's mind. Like, oh, I, I, I am lacking humility here. I need to prove myself because this wedding is only two weeks away or, or convenient amount of time away. <laughs> For me to prove myself, and then you can even put in a scene later on in the book where, like, there is the the, the wedding interrupted scene mm-hmm. where we could have the uh, actual uh, social status reveal mm-hmm. of Jack to our mad scientist lady here, mm-hmm. and also that he's just been working for her, and, and all the you know meet cute and mm-hmm. romantic tension, all that has all been under the pretense of trying to impress some other lady who's getting married. I like that. What the hell right. now? We do see her, the other lady, because, you know, you can't say that you're going to be interrupting a wedding at the beginning of the book and not do it at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> if there's a wedding on the mantle in the first scene, it has <laughs> to be shot. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, in that one, he, you know, there is the reveal of, of everyone's tri- – currently, uh, there is the re- reveal of everyone's identities, and uh, uh, our lady scientist – uh, is extremely annoyed by the existence of this other girl. Uh, but she's, she's actually a sweetheart. I like the idea of maybe him sort of reading between the lines and it's really about his own insecurities, which mirrors her own insecurities. Like the reason why her uncle is able to affect her by saying, no, no, actually your dad thought you were terrible is because she does have these insecurities. Uh, so yeah. there's like a foothold in there. So it's quite possible that, uh, our, our, wealthy New York heiress uh, did not intend to be like, by the way, I think you're useless. Mm. Um, she wasn't putting him down. She was speaking, her talking her fiance up. Yes. There yeah. we go. Which, by the way, she needs to do because uh, guess what? They are the topic of the second book, which I may or may not ever write. <laughs> <laughs> Good uh, job. Thanks. Uh, because I'm sorry, you can't get better for a romance, you know, shenanigan than uh, this is an arranged marriage for money. I mean, okay. come on. Yeah. So I have a quick question. Yeah. Does Daddy know- Goldmine know that uh, Jack ran off to England and on a fool's errand? Ho ho ho! Uh, they uh, left precipitously, uh, but a letter has arrived. <laughs> right. right. Uh, and and in that currently in that letter, uh, he's like the the father and son have not really met eye to eye. They have very different ideas about stuff. And uh, uh, he's very much like, um, why are you in another country? Because, by the way, here's a list of eligible girls in our neighborhood. Um, Why are you in another country? Reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, you didn't have to go all the way somewhere else in the middle of mining season. <laughs> <laughs> Although, to be fair, the eligible bachelorettes of Colorado, I mean, listen, come on, London, it's metropolitan. Listen, and, and you know what, Jack's like, you know what, I noticed that all these eligible young ladies happen to have land that uh, abuts ours. So, <laughs> hmm, dad. And by the way, don't think I don't know about how you did, married my mom, blah, 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 etc. Right. Uh, yeah, go on. So, he's not exactly in London with permission. Nope. So. Ooh. Yeah, go on. So, will you also have permission to withdraw funds from any bank in a foreign country? 
Oh. It's a good point. Oh. oh. And, and so how can he, oh. he buy a car outright when he and Jack and Don, upon arriving, uh, realize that they just spent all of their money just getting there and also uh, uh, on hotels. They have to be at the Savoy for reasons. Don't worry about it. <laughs> also on the a pair of little Jack. Uh, who, ha- who has since flown away already, Jack. Oh, little Jack. Oh, Jack. <laughs> oh, I mean, shit. I imagine, I I imagine thought of cutting off the family funds. Yeah. I imagine Don still has uh, access to his money, but fuck no, he's not buying you a car. Exactly. Well, because Don is not... It's it's very questionable within the story whether or not Don is a by-blow. So whether or not they're actually half-brothers. But, uh, uh, he, he's brother enough. However, he's still employed by Jack's dad. Yeah. So he has his separate bank account. Yes. I like that. Boom. Yeah. Oh, that's good, dude. Oh my god. So he like, so let's say that, um, he's like, great, I'll, du- I'll buy this. I'm gonna sign this contract with you. They're both happy with it. She's like, oh, it's too bad. He would have been a really great volunteer for my scientific whatever. But, you know, oh well, at least I get rid of my car. Um, and then he comes back the next day and he's like, so. About that. Um, yeah. I'm a little short. <laughs> you're but, no, oh no, but you're I at least six really feet. Need to, but I also really need to get to this wedding. And I noticed you have a car. <laughs> we could really help each other out in several ways. <laughs> so this is shenanigans on shenanigans. Oh, I mean, this is, this is shenanigan squared. You know, this is, this is multiple levels of shenanigan but shenanigan that's why has no limit that's why it had to make sense logically that's the only way you can build on shenanigans yeah yes uh and also here's a question for the case of mistaken identity yeah how averse are you to adding and say a new character of of say the daddy he sent i've sent someone to mind you <laughs> oh um i don't know what what I was think- the point of the minding because i feel like that's cu- cutting into don's point, position yeah I think I think you could tie that in Al with having Don maybe receive like a letter or telegraph or something mm-hmm. from the states and it's just like maybe that could be like a reveal later on where it's like oh yeah your dad just wanted me to make sure that you were actually all right because while you and your dad butt heads a lot he still actually cares about you. Oh. What? 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 Fathers are an issue in this book. What? What? Everybody's got one, see? Because I like, that's my big thing. I love, particularly when you have a book that centers around a relationship, I'm really into the idea of, uh, their issues and, uh, and their central, uh, pathos and whatnot. Mirror, uh, mirror, somebody say the word. Mirroring. Thank you. Uh, or building off of one another. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, they both have dad issues. They both worry about how their dads love them, but, it's, you know, it's subtly different. Um, but yeah. if one can solve one part of it, they help them, they help to solve the other one's problem and vice versa. I mean, and so it helps build that, the relationship in that quick manner that's needed, frankly, for, um, uh, uh, for this kind of story. Because otherwise, you know, like in reality, it should take several months, if not years. And it's like, hmm. I, I don't know how to write with that. <laughs> Yeah. I don't like generational stories. Right. Then I'll just keep my advice, uh, my shenanigan to the banks cut them off. <laughs> I like that one. I like that a lot. Because it allows for the servant thing. It takes away him... Um, I assume he still has enough of uh, cash around to do you know, pretty much everything else he needs to do. Just oh, not of enough, course. Just not enough on hand to buy a, uh, to <laughs> he buy a car. He conveniently has enough in his pocket for whatever I need him to do in the course of the story. Yes. Uh, yes. Like the, 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 the reader doesn't need to worry about that. Yeah. Well, or you could just be like, any single time like a major purchase has to happen, like Don just goes, <sighs> I got you. Yeah. In a sighing kind of way. Because they have their own issues, obviously. You know, they got... Yeah, family oh, yeah. is a big thing here. And, of course, his relationship with Don mirrors her relationship with Harold. That's why Don and Harold get together. Oh, my God, Woo! you guys. Uh. <laughs> anyway, I have... I, I spend a lot of time thinking about those things. So... So, Pip, do you have uh, any shenanigans? Yeah. I mean, my shenanigan was just going to be changing the original nature of the bet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So it was all like, oh, you can't be a servant. Like, oh, you can't get a person to like you. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> oh, it was a bit nicer than that. Uh, <laughs> but, but you, know, you use your money and, uh, connections to get people to like you, but you are likable on your own. Oh, I see. Just to make it nicer. <laughs> and, you know, it, it wouldn't matter your position in life. People would like you. It's not a money thing. Which is what's something he's worried about because of the reason that uh, the New York heiress is marrying the the dude. Maybe he's unaware that the uh, noble dude is poor as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that sounds like a line that, that Don would say. Mm. Which one? Oh, the, the one that Pippin just mentioned. Uh, uh, you know. You're likable enough on your own without money. Yeah. <laughs> likable enough but he instead of going for the compliment he goes for the i'm sorry likable enough (laughs) here's the thing taking the wrong thing the wrong important word (laughs) well here's the thing um the reason why he's uh uh, offering this position i mean i like the idea that he's gotten his money caught off but possibly the reason why for instance he could like go back to the savoy every evening or whatever However, possibly he and Don are having some rough troubles. You know, uh, things were fine enough when there was the status quo back home, but now they are out and about and they are realizing that, you know, they have some rough edges that they need to deal with with each other. And why do that when you can run away to be a servant? <laughs> Woo! Uh, so I could see them having a kind of an argument. So instead of it being a straight up bet... It becomes yeah. like this extra thing. Like, uh, shenanigans on shenanigans. Yeah. There you go. Like an extra character motivation, if we want to use official fucking terminology. Ooh. But why would we want to? Fuck that. Ha. Shenanigans. That's all we're going to say. <laughs> Don, you're like, we're brothers. You don't who treat me like a brother. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, snap, y'all. <laughs> this sounds like an argument that happens early on in the story where like, we have, like, the New York heiress and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lord British or whatever. Uh, Lord British. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I like that name, though. <laughs> Lord British. There's a reference to something else. <laughs> I don't know what kind of party this is, but, like, a pre-wedding wedding party. Oh, honey, I don't know how to tell you this, but there is that. And you know what it is? A rehearsal? No, it's even better. No, it's this is before the wedding. The reason why they're going to show up at Nora's place together is because... Lord uh, British, whose actually name is Lord Bainbridge, so you were really close. Uh, <laughs> Lord British has an interest in... <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, uh, 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 he is helping fund a, a showcase for various vibrators. <laughs> wow! Listen, she has to go with her cool new one in order to get... A, 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 Ensure a patent license with a co- so she can sell it to a company so she can make her money so she doesn't need her dad's trust fund because she doesn't need her dad. Oh, um, but that's how they end up there. Meanwhile, uh, New York heiress is like, Oh, this is cute. You know what I'm interested in? Airplanes. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, the the dude, uh, the Lord British is is you know, with his upcoming nuptials is moving away from, uh, the, the male hysteric, uh, side of things. And, uh, but this is the last hurrah. He's going to help out his buds. He's going to run this symposium type thing. And that is what she is. Tr- that's what our, our lady scientist is trying to get to. Little does our American mining son realize American. that. Uh, what? That's an American. Little does he realize that in fact, he's going to show up in front of the heiress about a week ahead of when he thought he was going to. He thought he was going to interrupt a wedding. <laughs> nope. <laughs> He's interrupting a vibrator party. Ah. Yep. Is he wearing a tuxedo? He's wearing, um, no. Do you want him to? <laughs> well, no, because if you're thinking you're interrupting a wedding, you want to be dressed up like you're going to a <laughs> wedding. <laughs> no, that was what he was going to do. He was, he's planning it out, but instead he shows up, uh, frankly, a bit disheveled. And uh, windswept, because before this, there was a race. Don't worry about it. It's not important to this shenanigan. Cars. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> cars are surprisingly little involved in this entire discussion, despite how incredibly important they are to the story. <gasps> right up there with uh, vibrators. Wow. Anyway, uh, yes, so there there was going to be, let us say, a party ahead of time. 
Why do uh, you ask? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Got distracted. So it sounds like if I can get these... So it sounds like I'm going to have to add an extra half chapter in there so he can get in and out uh, of the initial meeting. He's real happy. He's thinking about it. He's like, good, I'm going to get that car. I'm going to be all prepped. Too bad I'll never see that scientist ever again. Comes back, sees Don. Don's like, by the way, you have a fucking letter. Uh, <laughs> and I have one too. What's your say? Don't you fucking matter. Like, you read yours, because guess what? I bet it's just as great as mine. And that's where it finds out that uh, uh, he's been cut off, uh, unless he comes home. Did Don know that uh, Jack didn't tell his dad? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't think he did. I don't think he did. And that, you know, of course, that rubs right into the whole, like, you know, if we were actually brothers, or if you actually treated me like that, maybe you would have actually told me what you were doing. Jerk. Like, I didn't tell Mm. my actual dad. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, but you like me. Or do you? And so then, the next day, he has to show up, and he's like, so... Um, The question is, why would she be willing to... Instead of selling it for actual money to someone else, why would she be willing to take him on? Uh, could they have, in this prolonged, neat, cute session, mm-hmm. like, he also, like, being a minor son, happened to have, and also probably an engineer himself, yeah, too, I'm ab- thinking you yeah. mentioned, uh, happens to have in-depth knowledge of uh, materials and alloys and stuff, and they just have a nerding out session where it's just like, Talking about this, that, and the other thing, like, ah, oh, check out this, you know, this, uh, field, uh, thing over here, uh, it broke or whatever. It's like, oh, well, you could try an alloy of copper and zinc and do this and that and mm-hmm. heat to this much and then that'll change the materials, yada, 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 science, um, or engineering in this case. Now, then you have the car, uh, selling being kind of like a pretext to mm-hmm. hanging out more. Like, because then she's kind of getting like a value added proposition here where it's like, oh, not only, you know, is this person going to, you know, buy the car over the course of uh, working some time here, but, you know, she's actually getting like in-depth material science knowledge out of this guy. So I like that. There's, there's two things. First thing is that there is technically already a value add and it's for the romance purposes of the story yeah. uh, where he's a volunteer for her experiments. Um, yes. However, I really like the idea that he's also a science nerd. The downside is I'm not a science nerd. I don't know how, I mean, I only realized, and this took years of me, like, just glazing over it. I, it took me five years to realize that I had labeled vinegar as a base. Woof. Right? So the problem is that, I mean, unless you're willing to step up and, pr- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> proofread my science. Now, here's an alternate to that. What if his value add in terms of who he is as a person is not is being able to assist her with like the important things she needs to know from a volunteer because he knows from that science exper- like perspective. Hmm. But also, his dad's a wealthy mining person. Um what if, you know, with connections what if he uses those connections or uses those connections through Don to get her materials? Oh, easy. L- like uh, less expensively or something like that. No, because he probably has connections to uh, operations in the uh, in England mm-hmm. and other European countries. Yeah, yeah, yep. can probably get those materials at a much discounted rate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is a definite thing you could probably do. Yeah. The only reason why I suggested the like maybe some alloy knowledge yeah. at least is just reinforcing the romance subplot where it's Aww. like oh they have stuff in common because you know you want to build on your commonalities and that's how you can build trust i guess yes. oh my god <laughs> but also they're an alloy get it? get it and you don't have to say it outright it's just sort of in the miasma of the story um, They're talking about metals fusing and all that. Oh my ha god! Ha. Okay, oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. To do on that, it's like okay, I can't get you the money, money, but I can get you your connections. Like, how can I trust <gasps> you? You've already, uh, you've already, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Lied to me once. Not lied to. Misrepresented yourself. Uh, broke one promise. Yeah, like something. Broke a contract. Yeah, like you're already welched out once. Oh, yeah. And, uh, 
Let me do something. Like, fine. Help me out for these next two weeks. How about that? Oh, not just that. He can introduce his connections to her. Not, ah. So he's not just the middleman. So that she has, again, it's a, that bolstering her up, you know. Um, and that's also where she's finding out that she can have a relationship with someone who uh, uh, believes that she can do stuff on her own and is fine doing it in whatever mode of dress she cares to do. Um, so he's not just the middleman. He's creating a path for her to have independence in the future. Yeah. Is she going to the wedding? She actually does not know any of these two people. Because uh, she's going, she's going to that to the uh, symposium. Uh, she was invited by a friend of the Lord's, who is also her doctor. Why? Because I bet uh, that at the beginning she's not going to go, but by the end, uh, he invites her along just as a friend because <laughs> they've grown together. And then they're at the wedding, uh, and he's intending to you know pull separate shenanigans with this other person. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then other shenanigans. <laughs> okay, so. I don't care if you need to rewrite the end of the book too. I want Damn this. it! <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I wasn't going to have the wedding. <gasps> what? <laughs> well, in the first draft, uh, uh, he doesn't know anything about the American heiress. He's just showing up in, in London because of reasons. That's why I didn't like the first draft's version very much. Uh, uh, he only finds her in the last part of the book where at the symposium. And then he's like, huh, this is weird. And the wedding's supposed to happen, frankly, in, in the next book. That's, you know, part of that whole, you know, because it's, to me, it's it's a great opening chapter of like, and, you know, do you say yes, I do? Do you say yes, I do? Great, now you're married. And then the girl looks up and's like, and I have no idea who this man really is. <laughs> or something like that. I do like the sound of that. Yeah, I mean, that's a classic beginning to a historical romance. Here's the thing. Yeah. If you have this wedding happening, like, in Act 3 of this book, mm-hmm. you can have this MCU tie-in thing where, like, in the next book, like, you have this setup where it's like, there's this wedding going on. You might have, like, a tangential mention of the characters in the first book, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but, like, they're not the focus. They're, like, the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they're, you can have other characters talking about, like, an embarrassing thing happening over at the Fruit Punch Bowl right now. <laughs> Because that's the argument they're happening mm-hmm. in Act 3 of this book. <laughs> but, like, it's a wedding. They're just focusing on other shit. It's true. And the thing is, like, he never has the opportunity to do the dramatic I object thing. Because maybe he learns, like, at this particular wedding custom, they don't do that. <laughs> because that's weird. <laughs> You're in London. <laughs> You're in England. We don't. What's wrong with we you? We don't do that. I mean, to be fair, what you're describing with the MCU is is what my particular favorite kinds of historical romances do is that, you know, that you sort of introduce, you know, characters and the readers reading be like, oh, look at those two. Mm. And then in another book, you get to see those two while at the same time getting to visit the first couple from the first book to see how they're doing. I want to talk to you about the vibrator initiative. <laughs> <laughs> no. Black leather. So anyway. <laughs> wow. Um, However, it occurs to me because you guys were, you make a really good point about how if there's a, if there's a wedding in the first act, it's got to go off in the third. It occurs to me if he knows about the wedding from the beginning, I got to do something with that last bit. There's got to be a thing. Uh, the wedding needs to happen even if it doesn't actually happen. How do you mean? Even if nobody gets married in it. Yeah. Even if nobody gets married in it, can I- pr- It's a location. Can I promise that it's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, like- this is like the rehearsal dinner is act three, maybe. I don't yeah. know. I mean, maybe what really needs to happen, like, because what's Jack's real purpose here? His real purpose is to talk to her to find out whether or not he's, act- you know, she's actually wanting this. Maybe that's what needs to happen. So let's say there is, there is going to be like, uh, all of the guests from the symposium are staying at Lord British's house. And so there is like evening cocktails or whatever. And, and maybe that's where, you know, he pulls her aside and is like, hey, we have to talk. You know, is this what you want? And then meanwhile, uh, a lady scientist is off in the corner being like, <laughs> she dresses like a girl. Once more, men in my life <sighs> tell me I'm good enough, but secretly they don't think I am. <laughs> anyway, something like that. I don't know. It's also possible that the real trick here is to to write it up. Uh, and then, and then see where I'm at from there and see if I need to call you guys in for another, 
uh, shenanjining. But part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you guys about this is because that is, I think, one of the things that, you know, we are in in group really good at doing is coming up with, well, shenanigans. Oh, yeah. Um, Going like, wait, 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 your idea is great, but my idea is better. Uh (laughs) How can we make this more twisty? And Collaborative storytelling as a competition. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's very much what, you know, that's... That's the deal here is that I could, it was very much like the Apollo 13 problem. There's a, there, there's a <laughs> circular thing over here. There's a square thing over here. I have to figure out how to connect the two. Duct tape. <laughs> With only yeah. things that are on the spaceship, Brent. It's not my fault you didn't bring duct tape. <laughs> yeah. But I had completely forgotten the, the, the logical of, for instance, the fact that his dad would probably fucking cut him off and you need money. In order to buy a car. Yep. I like That's it. what I hear. I, Apparently. And also, it managed to give you some brother drama, so. Brother drama. Mm. Yeah, not bad guys. Hey, Al. Fuck hey. you. <laughs> hey. Hey, Pippin, it's too. happening. It's happening. Ooh. It never happens oh. between them. <laughs> hey, Pip. Hey, Pip. Yes. Hey, Pip. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you, too. Fuck you. Anyway. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> I love you. I love you, too. Oh, my God. Anyway. And so just because I felt like being that guy, Uh-oh. I looked up Apollo 13 oh, no. and the filter hack there. Uh-huh. The solution was duct tape. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. Fucking oh, fine. Man. To be fair, it also involved socks. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, so oh. I want to share a random anecdote of mom and dad's. Okay. Because it's uh-huh. sort of tangentially related. All right. Yeah. The time... Uh, when we were all going to visit our grandmother in New York. Mm-hmm. And on the same trip, they were going to hand in their novel to their editors. Mm-hmm. And since they were all going to be in New York, and they were going to do it by hand. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it was for their second Mage World's book, Star Pilot's Grave. Mm-hmm. Partway through the trip to New York, <laughs> Dad <laughs> sort of turns to Mom as much as you can turn when you're driving a car and goes, the middle doesn't work. <laughs> And mom's like, what? And dad's like, the middle doesn't work. Uh, which is this big space fight thing. Mm-hmm. They either fought and they shouldn't have, or they didn't fight and they should have. I forget which, because I'm amazing and I remember everything. <laughs> but the characters made the wrong uh, choice, so they had to make a different one, which changed the entire second half of the novel. <laughs> so we got to uh, our grandmother's. And they shut themselves off in the back room in uh, Douglas's old office. Mm-hmm. Madly rewrote the second half of the book. Good time. Ha! Good time. Printed and printed it out in such a way where uh, they had to f- find a fan to blow on the printer so it wouldn't overheat. Oh yeah! Amazing. <laughs> and that that and they did manage to rewrite it, print it out, and get it to New York on time. Even though I imagined everyone involved would have been okay. <laughs> I mean, technically, well, technically, we could ask. <laughs> That's true. Would you guys have noticed? Wait, what? <laughs> noticed An author what? ate on their book? What? Uh, uh, but yeah, I think about that sometimes. Okay, but the difference here is, the difference here is that I would have had to do it from the beginning. So <laughs> The difference here is you have time if you have to. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing is what I'm doing right now is, um, so I started rewriting the front um, and I got a few chapters in, and you guys have s- theoretically seen it, Pippin. Uh, I opened the document, leave me alone. <laughs> uh, but what, after a certain point, I realized that the level of rewriting I was going to have to do was pretty, like, a lot. So what I started doing was I just started highlighting so that I could keep in mind the flow of the story. So, like, I could remember, wait, did I ever actually say this dude's name before this point? So I could think of it from the reader's perspective of, you know, when am I starting to ask a question that maybe should have been answered before this? So I'm highlighting things I know I'm going to have to do a nitty gritty rewrite, writing notes to myself of, you know, don't forget to add this earlier because I'm questioning it now. Um, and then it got to a point where I'm like literally every line of dialogue and then almost every internal thought had to be rewritten because it depended on him being a servant right. uh, in the house. As is, I'm going to have to do some hefty rewriting so that he's a servant, but also kind of definitely not a servant. He's 
a servant, but proud. Like, too proud to just go back home right away with no car. Come on. Yeah, but, like, she can't just, like, ignore him. Like, and he can't... Previously, he had to not be cheeky, because otherwise he might get fired. Now, he could be cheeky, and she could just be like, hey, do you want this fucking car or not? And he'd be like, mm, okay. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's got to be that give and take. But I had to find a way for him to stay a servant, because otherwise, like, literally, I was watching the entire story. And the upside is that shows that, congratulations me, I wrote a coherent story the first time. <laughs> you know, it where it's really tied in. You can't just change one thing and let it go. Hmm. Go team me. But the downside is it makes rewriting really terrible. And it shows that a flaw in your initial logic can fuck you up. Because the flaw in the beginning is, why are they going to London? I'm like, ah, because they felt like it. And that doesn't quite work. Though, to be fair, it got your story started. It got my story started. But, uh, and it got, by God, it got me like 90k. And, and we found that there is a solution whereby we can go back and fix it so that's not, you know, dreadful. But it is something to be wary of. Yeah. You know, keep an eye on your logic. That's all. Said the Vulcan to the human. <laughs> yes. To the barmaid. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, that's, that sounds like a good joke. Write that joke. So, so I, I read a book, uh, Red, White, and Roll, but Oh, God. <laughs> fucking fight me. <laughs> Wherein the, the main, uh, romance is between the first son of the United States, uh, and yep. the Prince of England. Yeah. Um, like mm-hmm. you do. Yep. And, and their trials and tribulations and trying to figure themselves out and blah, 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 blah. And in the background, mm-hmm. uh, the first son's sister is off flirting with, uh, their mutual best friend whom he used to date and the prince's best friend, uh, who has a crush on both of them. And it's implied that there's a poly thing going on and the main character just does not notice because he's that much of a disaster. Exactly. So I'm I'm having a good time having the less complicated B-plot honestly be like the queer dudes in 1911. Uh, because it demonstrates to the, it also it demonstrates to the audience like this is normal and over here this is why these two are star-crossed lovers. <laughs> also, because sometimes you want, like, you're reading a romance, you want somebody to be getting some, even when the main ones are fighting. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so, you guys, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. You're welcome. I think that this is, like, a, a really solid place for me to do some shit. There's still rewriting, obviously. There's still stuff I have to do. But I actually know what the shit to do, and it's going to be a better story. Particularly since, like, frankly, that solution also fixes a logic problem. Yeah, no problem. You're welcome. Uh, so Kat. Yeah. Do you want us to play a, a game with this, this story? I mean, uh, you can't play the title game. My title's already perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure really, uh, like, I, I realize that normally our episode format rev- you know, requires a game, but I'm not sh- really sure we need one this time, but it's up to you guys. Uh, uh, what game would we play? I don't know. Laundry day? No. You guys laundry. don't know enough about my character. Do you guys want to try rewriting my title? Uh, no, like, if you already you really like your title. But wait, what if we can do better? Yeah, like, there's that. How fucking that. hilarious would that be? There is that. I mean, technically, this is, like, this is already a second-gen title. The first-gen uh, title was The Scientist and Her Servant. <laughs> so Driven by Desire is already an improvement, but honestly, I really want to see what you guys have to say. All right, all right. Yeah, let's play a title game. Just to, just to see if we can fuck just- the cat. <laughs> So not even in my discussion here, but it's so important. I think it's so important to the story. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I mean, we could call it scientific discovery. <laughs> okay, there's Pip. Uh, Pip, is that yours? I listen. I will come up with as many titles as I can. Damn it! Just a mess. It's with like you. playing yeah. Jackbox with you. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jack in the Box. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, the levels. No. <laughs> the science of scintillation. Um, let one of the brothers come up with something. My God. <laughs> uh, tactile tribulations. Driven to distraction. Ooh. Oh, I, uh, oh damn it. Oh yeah, that. All right, cars are still an important. Cars thing, are right? very important to the story. <laughs> uh, and in particular, the Rolls Royce Silver Ghost. Well, not silver. Because that hadn't been done yet, but the ghost, the forty fifty ghost, science and servitude. Ooh, damn it! Uh, 
<laughs> Very Jane Austen, that one. Uh, good vibrations. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no. Just such a sweet sensation. Oh my god. Here's the terrible thing. The terrible thing is, like, if I actually manage to get an agent with this book, if I actually manage to sell this book at some point, they're going to be like, are you wedded to that title? And I'll just pop up with a list generated from here, and they're going to fucking like one of yours. It's so distracting. Yeah, yeah. So distracting. Listen, listen. Everything I want in life. I want my own happiness and whatever, but uh-huh. also I want to troll you. I see. I understand. A composite of sensibilities. <laughs> Fancy. <laughs> uh, remember, this is not the Regency period, so as fun as it is to make Jane Austen jokes, it's not appropriate. This is more like Gatsby time. Listen, if we can have too many dukes, we can have weird Regency <laughs> titles. <laughs> also, it's just trying to mix in uh, alloys and feelings, basically. Ooh. Call it that. Call it alloys and feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just An alloyed unalloyed feeling. Yeah. Reverse engineering. Um. <laughs> Alloyed pleasures. Um. Oh my god. That's for the erotica rewrite. Yeah. Alright, so Pip's got a bunch. Bren's got one. Al, did you do? Yeah, I did a couple. He did a good vibrations, which was Oh, fuck. And I did a, I did, I did another one, but I've forgotten what it was. <laughs> I, I got excited about good vibrations, so I, yeah, you did that another one, one, but I forgot it. That one was good, but awful. <laughs> I know. Amazing. Let's see. Oh, guys. Right. The real question is here, are, are any of these better than Driven by Desire? I mean, Driven to Distraction is Driven to Distraction's great. really fucking good, and that bothers me so much. Ugh. You're welcome. Cat, Cat, the words you're looking for are thank you. Ugh. How about that? Does that work? Does that work for you? Oh, no, so much regrets. Ice- eat so much ice cream after this. Uh, so I have some Hagen dolls in my freezer. Uh, I mean, making ice cream. Oh, ah, uh, Brendan Beats. I've got Klondike bars. Ooh, I want Klondike. What would I do for a Klondike bar? I've tried Deal to mine. troll my sister. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've tried to teach the children that one. They're like, "Wait, what's that?" And I'm like, "It was an ad for it." And they're like, "Wait, what do you mean?" I'm like, "Well, they do things like you know, would you wear like a costume for a Klondike bar?" And they're like, "Well, yeah." And I'm like, "So it's not really a question for you, is it?" And they're like, "I guess not." Doesn't seem like a very good commercial. I'm like, well, talk to them about it. <laughs> would you kill Alexander Hamilton in a duel for a conduct bar? No, but I would for milk for my peanut butter sandwich. Boom! Yeah! Boom. Did you know Ashley had never seen that commercial? Really? Did you know that a bunch of people were introduced to that commercial through the Leslie Odom Jr. redo of it? Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> the problem is that that version leaves out some really important, strange comedy values from the first one. Of course. Do you know who directed the original? Oh, shit, no. Oh, you're going to love this. Michael Bay. No! No shit, really? I gotta tell you, the original one was genius. Like, the the part where he's using oversized knife and an oversized piece of bread and an oversized jar of peanut butter. That should tell you that it's Michael Bay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well also it also has is michael bay's like a uh, fast cuts you're right you're right oh my god mm-hmm. oh dropping some knowledge on you guys Fuck. and i mean it's unfortunate they're probably gonna have to cut this but damn oh well let's tie, let's tie that back <laughs> into <right>, this <laughs> we'll bring it back up when we talk about hamilton <laughs> there we go um so i have to say that uh Good vibrations is terrible. I refuse to accept it. It may be the What about sweet sensation, though? What? What about sweet sensation, though? No. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) I think it may have won the game, but uh, it's possible that Driven by Distraction may be in the contender of offerings that I will give if they want me to do a different title. Or Driven to Distraction, whichever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Driven. Damn it. Ugh. Anyway. So angry about that, Pippin. <laughs> that is my entire weekend made. <laughs> I'll be sad later, and then I'll think driven to distraction, and I'll just smile. <laughs> wow. Fuck you. All right, guys. Nice. That's me. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. You're welcome. All right. So, uh, so that was, uh, <laughs> that was that. Driven by, that was that. Yeah. <laughs> that was driven to distraction. Damn it. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, as always, if you have an idea or a prompt to submit, head on over to nostoriesecret.com slash submission. 
Follow us on Twitter at No Story is Sacred, or send an email through contact at nostoryissacred.com. Your hosts have been Alex McDonald, Brendan McDonald, Pippin McDonald, and Catherine Crichton. Editing for this episode, done by Brendan. Transcript done by Ashley DaCosta. Art by Jay Wolf. Show notes and transcript are available at nostoryissacred.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and please rate, review, and subscribe to No Story is Sacred. You can also visit our Patreon page to support the show and get neat rewards at patreon.com slash sacred. See you next time when we're still not talking about Kate and Leopold because it's not on Netflix anymore and none of us want to pay $4 to rent it. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Instead, we're going to be talking about the musical Hamilton, <laughs> like everybody else on the planet Earth. I like how we're, we're not willing to pay $4 to rent Kate and Leopold, but we're clearly willing to pay $4.99 to get a Disney Plus subscription. Well, we get so much more else with it. <laughs> yeah, we get yeah. the Great Mouse Detective and yeah, yeah. Other- Robin Hood Tales. Oh, the Robin Hood with foxes, yeah. the hot one. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, Gravity Falls, which was on Hulu already, but but whatever. Uh, and documentaries, I guess. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> Uh, oh, 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 the, uh... MCU, oh, yeah. Star yep. Wars. And, uh, yep. uh, and, uh, the... What's the, uh, Scrooge one? Christmas Carol? DuckTales. Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol? Oh. Yeah. Oh, the Scrooge uh. Christmas Carol, which was previously the good one before the Muppet one came out, obviously. Yeah, oh, no, no. No, I'm, I'm talking about the, uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. That's why I was, like, I was trying to remember the character and then... Oh, I thought you were talking about Scrooge McDuck. No. <laughs> No, no, not, not not the one with... Anyway, the Muppet Christmas Carol. Wait, are Muppets on there? Uh, yeah. Oh, <gasps> Muppets are run by Disney. Huh. Yeah. So anyway, anyway. we're corporate shills. <laughs> Until then, where no story is sacred and any story can be changed. I'm Brendan. I'm Pippin. I'm Alex. And I'm Kat. And we're... No, no story, story is sacred. Sacred. sacred.